0: Hey, what is up, podcast listeners? My name is Martin Hugh, and I'll be your host for the show, a show that will delve deep into the habits, the tricks, the mindset of successful individuals in different fields. And today, uh, I'm very excited because it's the first episode. I get to share this with you, the audience. Uh, My first guest is, uh, he's actually one of my mentors. I've learned a lot from him. I think you'll just get a lot of value from the conversation that we got here a little heads up we had some problem with the mics halfway into the interview so the audio quality kind of switches there but it's still very fine it's just um, a little heads up anyhow enjoy the interview Thierry Lindor welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me
0: first of all thank you for being here I really appreciate it as being my first guest Thierry, you're a real estate expert, entrepreneur, and speaker. You are the founder of Remex Town, and you've acquired, sold, and helped financed over $200 million of residential, commercial, and institutional properties. Uh, A couple of years ago, you founded Influence Orbis, a movement which aims to give meaning to um, entrepreneurial innovation, and the goal is to reunite under one roof local and international influencers, entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm entrepreneurs in order to inspire, inform, and influence the next generation of business owners. I thought we'd start somewhere where perhaps most people wouldn't associate you with, at least the people that first, first <laughs> learn about who you are and what yeah. you do as a successful business owner, and that is basketball. Yep, You initially wanted to be a pro basketball player. So, that is t- correct. <laughs> tell us a bit more about that, like origin story. Why was that an important part of your life?
1: Um, I started off, Martin, again, thank you for having me. I'm really, really honored to be here, and yeah. uh, I, I have a lot of consideration for you. I've always connected with you on a visceral level. I think you're a dope person, and shout out for you for, for creating this amazing content. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I started off um, I started off as, as someone that wanted to be what he saw on TV, and I grew up in an area... Uh, that was pretty rough growing up in Montreal. Mm-hmm. You know, people think Canada. Uh, I hear that a lot because I speak in the states. Everyone's sometimes. nice, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, there's thirty-something million people up there, and everybody sings "Kumbaya" and loves one another. But no, there's whenever there's going to be economic challenges, you're going to have quote-unquote ghettos, and you're going to have uh, you're going to have uh, economic challenges. And I grew up um, wanting to be what I saw on TV, and what I saw on TV were uh, black and brown kids um, playing sports. Or, mm-hmm. you know, or dancing or, you know, being an entertainer. So I grew up wanting to be a professional basketball player because I can't sing for my life. You know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> if I could sing, I would have probably wanted to be, uh, you know, Beyonce-ish or Michael Jackson-ish. But I, I could actually dribble a basketball pretty good and I could I could run pretty fast. And so I picked up basketball and that was my dream. I wanted to be a professional basketball player.
0: Okay. And um, did, you, did you find it, because now obviously you're doing your own thing. You had your business where my town. You started that. Yep. But was it challenging for you to to actually disassociate from the people that you used to hang out with? Because obviously like I'm sure <sighs> wow, you you've Christian. had you've had the you know, similar to me, like I didn't grow up in like the 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 most wealthy neighborhood and whatnot. Yep. So like obviously it teaches you the right things. It teaches you some great things, mm-hmm. but how do you disassociate from those people when your goals and your mindset doesn't align with them anymore?
1: That is an excellent question, Martin. Nobody's ever asked me that question. But um, I, I don't I don't think the word I would use would be dissociate. What I would use as a word is, and I've told that to, to a lot of my friends, is I, I outgrew the relationship. Okay. I think, I think relationships should always grow. You know what I mean? Like if one day me and you, the best example I could give you is... Um, you have hopes of becoming a billionaire and I have hopes of becoming a millionaire. Well, our relationship is gonna outgrow itself. Because mm-hmm. you're gonna get to a level where you're gonna have to surround yourself with like-minded people. You're gonna have to hire people that could take you to that goal. You have to have, you're gonna have to have mentors. You're gonna have to have allies. You're even gonna have to have opponents, business opponents that are other billionaires. Yep. You know what I mean? And uh, <clears throat> in the process of growth, and which is what I like to, to, to refer it to as, as um, I outgrew tons of my friends. Because hanging out at the corner, hanging out at the basketball court, uh, you know uh, trying to pick up girls, trying to uh, you know a lot of my friends were selling drugs, so trying to have a big score or settling the record straight with another gang, it, it, it just was not part of what I wanted for myself. So I did not dissociate myself as much as just outgrew our relationship and I would tell them that. Because they mm-hmm. would say, oh, you changed. I would say, no, I'm evolving. It's not that I've changed. I'm the same person. I'm just evolving and I'm, and I'm vibrating at a different frequency where they're still vibrating at the same frequency as before. And I think I saw Snoop Dogg or somebody say that reference where you know you could either level up in life or level down, right? You can't yeah. really stay the same. Yeah. So I asked a lot of my friends like, hey, you were an amazing drug dealer. You were an amazing gang leader. Uh, how about you just go straight and you start to level up? Because I'm not going to level down down yeah and then people make their choices Some- and I,
0: I sorry for for cutting but yeah. i i think it's it's a great point too in the sense that if you're stagnating you're probably going a little bit down correct like you're you're never really <laughs> staying the same nobody, spot right
1: nobody you can't drive a bike you can't ride a bike and not move you're either uh, slowing down which is eventually going to stop or going backward or you're going to drive forward but you can't logically oh, no, i'm just the same no way there's no way you can't stay the same
0: and did something because obviously it's an evolution and we're constantly changing but does something trigger you to to like over time or did it happen like overnight
1: that's a good one too um i've always wanted a lot i always always um
0: is it because you wanted to give back or yeah, yeah? but
1: it's it, it's anchored in giving back but it's also i come from a family of 10 kids okay, okay. yeah you're, you're the eldest one, right? I'm the eldest okay. son. I have an older sister, but uh, ten brothers and sisters. So, my father always told me, "I'm gonna make sure I discipline you, so I don't have to discipline the other." Okay. Yeah, he always told me that, and he would tell me, "I'm gonna make sure you're a good, productive citizen, so you could be that example for your your other brothers and sisters." Mm-hmm. I had an older sister, but back then. I'm not the kind of guy to kind of say a woman and men are different, Whatever we are biologically different. But he would always say, There's, I can't necessarily hit your sister or correct her or discipline her the same way I could discipline you. Yeah. But I, I know I can make you a, a tough enough kid that you're going to show a great example. So for me, um, all I ever wanted was everything. I, I, if, if tomorrow I have a chance to be Prime Minister of Canada you're damn right I'm going to jump on that chance. I, and and then and people think, oh, you're crazy. You're cr-. Well, I think you have to be crazy. I, I think in life, that's what you should be. You should be crazy. Because some people are just not crazy enough. So for yeah. me, I'm going to go after everything that I have coming for me as long as I work for it, you know?
0: Yeah. And, uh, well, obviously it's something that I respect a lot about you because not only are you the founder, owner of Remix Griffin Town, but you're doing all these other
1: things. Yeah, <laughs> a bit too much according which, to... Which
0: is, which is why I was like, oh man, setting up a podcast with him, I'm sure like, just taking a little bit of time <laughs> of your day is going to be a lot. But how, how did you... Um, what was the initial idea behind Influence Orbis? Great
1: question. Um, I wanted, in a nutshell, I, I attended in Montreal, as you know, we're the city of festivals. We have more festivals than any other city in the Western Hemisphere, which, which is pretty impressive in and of itself when you stop and think about it. And I truly, genuinely wanted to, to, to see a, a conference, not a festival, but a conference that was about business and that had diversity. Because I go to every single business conference there is in Montreal, and it's always the same people. They tend to not look like me. They tend to not come from the same background as we do, me mm-hmm. and Martin. And I was just like, well, how is this... How is this fair? Like, how can we... Relate? Yeah, relate. How, yeah. how can I... I'm, I think I'm an exception that proves the rule. There is no wonder all the kids go in sports uh, that, are, that are like us, like diverse. Uh, and no wonder we go in entertainment because we don't feel like we belong to the entrepreneurial scene. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I said, literally, <clears throat> let me make a conference that is affordable, diverse, and inclusive. And the minute I say this to a ton of people when I do interviews, if you are not affordable, you lose diversity. Mm-hmm. And technically, if you charge even one dollar, you are an exclusive conference. Yeah. Because the way to be 100 percent inclusive, and I hope that one day I get there, uh, shout out to the people that are going to be listening to this and that are join us as sponsors, because the more sponsors we get, the goal is to drive it down to zero. You know mm-hmm. I, I, I like what uh, Vice President Gore says, you know zero emissions, zero a couple of years ago, I, became, I want to get to zero. Entry fee, zero admission. Yeah. And I don't have that zero yeah. admission, but I want to get to zero admission where every year Influence MTL is a free conference for all Montrealers, Quebecers, Canadian citizens, and even Americans. You just get yourself here and you're going to see tremendous speakers, you're going to gain tremendous value, and it's going to be literally free, affordable.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is something that um, relates back to something you told, you told me this, I think, when the first time we met. It was at Influence Youth, uh, and no, it was that at Jen, at, at Casey Neistat. Casey Neistat, yeah. You but were the there. first, I don't yeah, know. The, first time, the first time, the uh, first time I worked with you at Influence yep. was at Influence Youth, Youth. correct. And uh, one of the things that you mentioned was being transactional versus being relational. Yep. Right, And I think that kind of ties into that zero kind of theory Admission. that you want. <laughs> well, because at the end of the day, it's, it's not just about like the monetary value that nope. you can gain from something, but it's, it's about the relationships that you can make.
1: Yeah, and, and, and that's so true, like Martin, like I'm here today, and I'm blessed enough to be in your space, in your environment uh, because of the relationship we built, you yeah. know, and uh, we don't know each other a hundred percent well, and like, we haven't spent a tremendous amount of time. Together, but anytime I've asked for your help, you've been there.
0: Yeah. Like, I was thinking about this
1: the other day. I was like, that's why you said, Terry, will you do my podcast? Like, can I curse you or I can't? Yeah, yeah, sure. I said, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Like, no no kidding, I'll do it. Every single time. Like, after Influence Jen, A, we didn't know each other. To put a little context to you guys watching, I see this, Martin's a good-looking man, and he's smart, and he stands out. So I see this guy asking a question, front row, evidently you, you paid your ticket to be there, and, mm-hmm. and, and you had a question for Casey, and I was like, hey, this guy's charismatic, A. B, you then told me this is what I do, this, if there's any way I could help. And I remember you saying this, and I was like, that's how you start relationships. That's how you should be relational versus transactional. Because another way to do it would have been, hey, by the way, I'm, a, I, I'm, a, I'm an artist, I'm a creative, and this is my fee." Tons of people approached me. Trust me, tons of people approached me. You said, How can I help? So, what did we do? A month and a half later, influence youth. We had a photographer, we had kids from the ghetto, from marginalized community. We're doing this Black Panther event with workshops. You came in, you shot the day. This is it. And for me, I'm forever going to be there for you. Um, Like, anytime you're going to need me, yeah, anytime you're going to need me, I'm going to be there, regardless of. Uh, uh, Prime Minister of whatever Or, you know, (laughs) multi-millionaire Or billionaire or creative this, creative that I'm always going to answer your call Your text And um, I'm always going to be there for you For your platform Because you were there for me You know, and and I think that's how you build Long-lasting relationships Instead of short-lasting relationships Which are transactional
0: Yeah, but it's also Because a lot of people talk about Let's say, and this is a great segue I think is uh, luck Right? Oh, and in in, in uh, <laughs> you know, in, in your career and your relationships. Yeah. But I think it's just about serendipity and, and also like rising up to yeah. an opportunity if it does present itself. That's it. Because I think to me it's just about repetition. Yeah. The more the more you put yourself out there, the more relationships you're gonna make, the more it's gonna happen yeah. for you. Yeah. Just naturally by math. And
1: and, and by, by by math and also like you said, by um um it is a mathematical equation at the end of the day. If I shoot 10 shots a day, um, I'm going to make, let's say, 60, 70%, right? But if I shoot a thousand shots a day, mm-hmm. if I make 60 or 70%, I'm making six, 700 shots. The ball's going in six, 700 times versus six times. So when I meet people and tell them, tell, Terry, tell, tell what's the best advice you could give me? I don't know where to start. I was like, go network. Go shake yeah. hands. I, until three years ago, I was shaking 10 hands a day, every single day. 10 new hands. People don't believe me. I did this religiously. And to this day now, I try to do it every other day. But this is how I built my network. Because I always tell people, you talk about luck. The harder you work, the more luck you find. The luckier I get. I don't know about you, but the harder I work, the luckier I get. So when I had this rule of I shake 10 hands a day, I remember five names, and I followed through with three. That's what, that. The rule I called the 5 3 I would literally go out my way every single day, and I would not go home. Eh, true story. Mm-hmm. I would literally get to a point where I had, let's say, two handshakes to make. I would stop strangers in the street, and say, "Hi, my name is Thierry Lindor. This is my card." People would look at me weird or like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" But you would be shocked how much business I did doing this. So, give my card, shake hands to random stranger. If I hadn't had my like ten new handshakes a day. I would make sure, make it a point that I would remember five names, yep. and I would actually follow up with three of them. And just this little follow-up, yeah, yeah, you're that guy that stopped me in the street and well, shook yeah. my hands out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And 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 you bring your energy. And people, when I tell them this, they're like, wow, this is crazy. You really I did this for 13 years. 13 years. So the age of 21 to 34, I did this consistently. And like you said, you could have the best mindset ever. Mm-hmm. of people don't execute. Mm. And beyond execution, 95% are not uh, consistent. So I could even shorten this, right? Everybody uh, nowadays is about Gary V, Grant Cardone, and what has the mindset. They read the books, they go to seminars, they listen to the podcast. How many people are going to listen to this podcast? So they have the right mindset, they're listening. The amount of people are going to go execute Mm -hmm. is maybe 80%. Of that 80%, the amount of people that are going to be consistent... Is maybe another ninety five percent that you're excluding. So there's only five five percent that have the right mindset that are going to execute like you are doing right now, and that are going to be consistent. Yeah, that but, are going to have this podcast.
0: But yeah? I think I think at the end of the day, it's and that's the big difference between being like motivation versus uh, something like a drive, mm-hmm. right? Interesting. Like, are you motivated? or Are you driven? Hmm. To me, like this, uh, this rah rah that you hear, whether it's on social media or or with, with whatever, like the, the hype on motivation right now is huge. It, it's huge. It's and you know, a lot of my audience do resonate with that. But I also like I talk a lot about hard work because at the end of the day, like I can I can post as much as I want yeah. about you know you have to do the work, you have to do this, but it not it, it doesn't change your life until you actually do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So you execute.
0: Yeah, because like it's not lack of uh, it's not lack of information. Mm-hmm. Like the information's out there. Correct. You yeah. want to make money? It's, it's, easy. it's easy. You know how yeah. to do it. You yeah. can sell stuff online. Like really? you can can make an e-commerce, whatever. Uh, you want to get fit? You gotta do the push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows how to do push-ups. Yeah,
1: Everybody yeah. does them.
0: Yeah. So so it's a lot more about the habits. Very true. That you you implement, and that's what you did. Like consistently. For what? For ten years?
1: At least (laughs) thirteen. At least (laughs) thirteen.
0: You would approach people and just like shake hands. Shake hands.
1: And in the course of my busy day at Raymax Griffin Town, or uh, of doing other businesses that people don't know about, but you know, I've started a lot of businesses. I met anywhere between five to eight people every day. So I really had to stop two, three strangers a day. But every single day, I would meet at least seven or eight new people in my network. So my network just got so big. And like I say to everybody, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. And yeah. the amount of people that would be proud to say, I know this guy. Mm-hmm. And he knows me back. That to me, that's how I knew I was becoming relevant in the Montreal ecosystem. Okay, and That's yes. literally that's how I measured it, Martin. Because I, I knew who Valérie Plante was. I knew who Denis Coderre, Mayor, was at the time. I knew all these people, but they didn't know me. Mm-hmm. right today i'm able to say that a lot of permanent people in montreal know me they know me and i know them vice versa right yeah. so i was always in not a, um, a competition of how many people's name can i have in my rolodex but how many people can say they have me in their rolodex which is yeah. a slight difference, There's a difference and it makes it makes all of the difference right and uh yeah like what you said motivated versus different I think I'm, that might be one of my motivation lending and uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to give you a shout out. So you'd rather be driven than motivated, obviously.
0: Yeah, because it's, it's long-term. It's fuel that doesn't exhaust itself. Yeah. Like motivational is just like me going it's up. Summer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, temporary. It's, it's temporary. Like you could be in a... Because it goes with your emotions, right? Hmm. Like if you have a good day, oh man, fuck yeah, I'm motivated. Like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, you wake up, everything's great. Your family's doing well. Yeah. Your relationships are well for you. Your kids are doing well. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to be motivated. Yeah. But what happens when life hits you in the face? And it hits. <laughs> and it hits. Life hits. <laughs> like every time, let's say I started my business uh, two years ago. And every time I felt like, oh yeah, everything's going great. The next day, you know, shit hits hits the fan and something happens. And that's just going to, it's just going to repeat itself over and over again.
1: And I love what you just said. Life, life is, life is like the internet. I think it's undefeated. Life will not lose against you. you Yeah, yeah, Yeah. If you're not driven, you will lose at this game, quote unquote, of life. So I like this. I totally like this. And see, I never thought about it, but I guess I'm, I'm more driven than motivated. And I've met a ton of motivated people. Yeah. But I, I guess my drive is just outlasting a lot of people. And you and, know? and I'm sure you embrace the challenge, too. I love challenges. Yeah? I, and that's where I'm thankful to the shitty media that we have around us that portray um, uh, black, brown, Asian people, uh, 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 um Latinos as a certain kind of you know, all Latinos Latinos can cook good and they can dance salsa and black people they can jump and they can sing right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Asians Asians can do karate and they're like stupid <laughs> stuff so I'm thankful to, to the media because because of sports yeah. because of getting on a line running what we call suicides which is running for a tremendous amount of time and killing yourself because of having to practice twice a day because of having to lift weight I developed discipline yeah. So when I get into a room with a, an entrepreneur that went to private school and got everything he wanted all his life, and yeah, he busts his butt, but he never was disciplined like I was and didn't grow up in the challenges that I had economically, I know I'm going to win. Yeah. I'm confident I'm going to whoop his ass because I'm not going to quit. So yeah, good luck. Yeah, I'm not going to give up. And I have the discipline. I've done it for all my life. I played sports for 14 years of my life, you know, from the age of five. Uh, literally to, to the age of uh, of 19 and even beyond as a professional athlete. So I'm not scared of any challenge. And like you said, I love challenges. You give me a challenge. Let's do
0: this. Do you have a quote that you live by every day?
1: I definitely have one. You've probably heard me say it before. My father told me this. It's not who you know, it's who knows you. I talked about it earlier, but because we kind of touched on that before, I'm going to tell you the second one that's really helped me tremendously in my life. Uh, still my father uh, in life, there's two types of people. There's people that take risk, and there's people that work for the people that take risks. Mm-hmm. And you gotta pick one. It's mm-hmm. a bit like saying, oh, I'm not moving forward, but I'm not moving backward. No, it's either you're gonna take risk or mm-hmm. you're gonna work for somebody that take risk, period. And there's no, there's
0: good nothing wrong thing. or bad correct. or correct.
1: Thank you. People, oh shit, yeah, that's true. I wanna take, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. If you work at somebody the other day, a friend of mine, well, Terry, that's not true. I work at the city. I, they don't, yes, they do. The city is taking a risk with you. If you work for the city, you are taking not, you're not taking that risk. The city's taking that risk because it's our tax dollars that are paying your salaries. Yeah. Right. So as an entrepreneur, as a content creator yourself, you're taking risk every single day. You could definitely be making $100,000 a year in the next five years or more working as an executive and being an entrepreneur somewhere. Working your way up the ladder. Yeah. But you're taking that risk. Mm -hmm. shout out to you for doing so thanks bro
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it's all about like again what is sustainable for you right like i i i wouldn't i i tried working in companies before having bosses and all that stuff but i've never uh i never found it very fulfilling for me
1: and why is that i'm curious
0: um i'm someone like i've always been a creative yeah So whenever, uh, I'm, I do have to do something, whenever I want to create something, I want to make sure that it's with my vision. Gotcha. And obviously like there's, there, there, there's different people that like different stuff. But for me being in an organization where I would have to answer to somebody, uh, I just, it was never me. Right.
1: And I love that you're, you're, you're saying this because I think that that shows that at the core I think entrepreneurship is something that you have in your DNA or not. It does not mean that you cannot become a good entrepreneur. But I definitely what you take what I think what you just touched on is is the essence of being an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, it's like what comes natural to you. Correct. Because every like if I'm not a good piano player tomorrow I could probably get some (laughs) piano lessons and become decent at it that's it but if it doesn't come naturally and I don't have the interest I'm probably not going to stick at it very long
1: that's it Mm -hmm. Steph Curry Steph Curry is a great natural shooter but I promise you Steph Curry has taken millions and millions of shots now like you just said I could take you in a gym show you how to shoot you will become a good shooter if you put in the work and put in repetition can you play in the NBA and shoot like Steph Curry probably not yeah exactly but but that's that's where i i love that uh like you just said it's in you and some people fight it i think some people that little entrepreneurial voice that's in them they 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 shut it down they quiet it down maybe out of fear out of social judgment out of social pressure oh definitely
0: i think so many people are living their lives based on other people's judgment
1: especially visible minorities Yep. If you come from a family of immigrants, Italians, my, my Italian friends, my Greek friends, everybody, you have to be a lawyer, a teacher, a doctor, you know, or, 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 or all these kind of jobs that our parents want for us, but being an entrepreneur is not it. It's not cool. I'm excited about the next 25 years because when you have kids, I already have kids, I'm gonna tell my kids that they could be whatever they want and that includes entrepreneurial. They could be entrepreneurship. So I'm excited to see and I was part of that generation as well. What kind of entrepreneurs are gonna rise up out of the next generation of entrepreneurs because they've been encouraged to be yep. entrepreneurs? Contrary to I grew up my dad wanted me to be an architect or a lawyer. I, I could have been, you know, a lawyer. I think mm-hmm. I would have done well. Yeah. But I don't think I would have been happy well
0: same same for me i come from uh immigrant family yeah my mom is german my dad is vietnamese and they both like fled the country to to move to somewhere else because of the war and everything yep. and you know for them it was all about having a stable job correct and that and there's nothing wrong with that because they came from a, a scenario that made them have that mindset
1: they want security
0: they want security and they want no what they want they 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 what's were. best for you correct And uh, that's why a lot of people don't, especially like on Instagram, like I get these DMs that ask me from people from all over the world. They ask me like, oh, how do you do what you want to do? Because sometimes your parents might want you to do something else. That's a great one. And uh, to that, I always tell them like if you're living at home and your parents are paying for everything, well, they probably have a big say in that, right? Like, But if you want to take ownership of whatever you're doing, then go outside, make your own money and and live with the consequences of your action.
1: And and I'll go I'll go a step further into what you just said, which is hundred percent right. I'll I'll jump into it goes back again to security. If 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 I'm a parent now today, when my daughter is gonna get to the age of let's say 17,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Daddy, I'm not 18 yet, but I, I want to go live on my own. Like, I wanna go study somewhere abroad. If I don't feel secure enough that she's able to do this, I'm not going to be uh, a cheerleader of what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a, a detractor of what she's trying to do. Okay. But it, it, like you just said, if you live at your parents' house, you play video games all day and watch porn. Chances are, when you go see your parents and say, "Dad, Mom, I don't want to. I don't want to do what you guys want me to do. <laughs> I want to do what I want to do." Your parents are not going to support this because they're not secure. About your choice, your life choice. But if you work out, take care of yourself, then if you sit your parents down yeah, and you come with a plan and say, mom, dad, I want to open a coffee shop. And these are the reason why. I This is how I'm going to do it. You guys own a building. I will take a loan from you instead of taking a loan. And everything I'm telling you this is something I did with my parents. Okay,
0: that's, quite, mom, that's dad, amazing. Yeah,
1: mom, dad, I'm going to go play professional basketball. Oh my God, no, you're not but well, this is why and this is how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go play professional basketball, my first money that I'm gonna make, I'm gonna use 80% of it invested in real estate, the balance of 20%, I'm gonna buy myself a car, which is a stupid decision, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna invest the balance in the stocks. When my parents saw that I had a plan, they had no choice. Yeah, I quit school, quit Vanier College, I didn't finish Vandy College. I still have to write my English exit exam, and, <laughs> and, and I went to play professional sports. Okay, but it was so hard for them. Yet they felt secure in my decision because they said, "A, our son is a winner. We know that from his 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 competitiveness on on a, on, a, on on the court. He he has good discipline mm-hmm. and he has a plan. Yep. So suddenly they felt, well, Thierry is is an adult now because he approached us and." I don't think there's an age for that. I think that if a 15 year old approaches you with a good plan and he's not doing drugs, he's not hanging out with the, p- parents wanna feel secure. Yeah. And when you come to them and you have a secure, clear plan and a clear vision of how you accomplish this, they're okay with it. And even bosses, mm-hmm. have you ever approached, for the people listening, have you ever approached a boss with no plan whatsoever and asked for funding for an idea that you had? Yeah. And approach your boss with, I know we've been doing this this way, but I have based on and then approach them with study, approach them with a way to think, approach them with a vision, approach them with a budget. Chances are they're going to give you a go, and it goes back to security. Our authority will always challenge you when when they feel that when they feel insecure. Mm-hmm. Any form of authority: your boss, your business partner, your bank, who has authority on your finances. Yep. But when you have a clear vision and a plan, anybody listening to this, think of this as a paradigm. Shift your paradigm authority always has problem and insecurities about being secure so try to always make people feel secure whenever you have an idea or a project regardless about you li- leaving your house starting uh, dropping off out of school presenting a project to your boss's boss's boss or whatever
0: that's a that's a really good point i feel like um, it's the same thing if you want to raise right like, a lot of people are like oh yeah I I have the same salary for two, three years. I asked for a raise, but I mean, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't concretely like say, (laughs) look, this is what I'm doing more for you. And uh, if you give me this raise, I'm going to be willing to do X, Y, Z. Then people are not going to just give you money. Period. You You, you
1: have to make authority feel secure. Period. And even let's say I'll jump into relationships. I have a lot of people reach out. How do you balance life, work, relationships? Right your wife. In my in my case, I'm um, heterose- heterosexual. Uh, but but I'm speaking for me, but if you're homosexual, it'll be the same thing, right? So I'm heterosexual. My spouse has certain authority over the time that I spend in the day, mm-hmm. right? So yep. when your spouse comes up to you and says, Martin, what the fuck are you doing working until this time of the day, and our life is not changing, our life is not evolving, it has to do with, st- Authority and security once again. If you lay out a plan to your spouse about how you're gonna make things work and why you spending time out is productive.
0: For the relationship. Correct,
1: they quote unquote feel secure and then things are able to move forward. Yeah, It always goes back to security when it has to do with authority.
0: Amazing. Um, you seem like a pretty confident speaker now. Yeah. And uh, I've heard you talk at countless events, Influence, uh, you talked at RBC, yeah. the bank. It, was that always the case? Or did no, you learn no, that? No,
1: no, 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 no. I definitely, I was. I always had an ease at communicating. And once again, thanks to the media for portraying sports as being the only thing, solution for me as a young kid. Um, I, I played point guard. And when you play point guard, for those of you who don't know, it's a bit like being the quarterback. You have to speak. okay? You have to talk. You have to lead. You have to communicate. And when you play basketball at my height, you know, Martin, you're a tall guy. Uh, I'm five foot nine. Mm. So basketball is a tall man's sport. So when you're five foot nine and you're there bossing around, six foot five, six foot seven, <laughs> we, have yeah. a, we had a seven foot one player, Samuel Dallas. Shit. Shout out to Sam who played in the NBA with Allen Iverson. You have to develop this confidence about exchanging and communicating. So I was always good at that, but speaking in front of public, I, I, I worked on. I worked on a little bit, I can't lie about that. I took okay. on some tips, um, and practice makes perfect. Yep. So today I could speak at uh, Grant, Grant's 10X conference like I could speak in front of 10, 15 kids. And to be honest with you, I, speaking in front of five, ten thousand 10,000 people is a lot easier for me than speaking to high school kids. Yeah. You have to kind of like grasp their attention quick or else you're toast. That's you're true. And dumb. when
0: it's a more intimate uh, setting, Stop you it. feel like people are, are not judging you, but they're more part of what you're saying, right? And, than- and
1: I, for me, it's not so much as feel as when I'm speaking, let's say to a, to a room of 3,000 plus people I can't gauge their energy as easy oh, yeah, as yeah. you can when it's True. micro. When it's intimate, when it's like 10, 20, 15 people, you, trust me, you could hear everything. You could yeah. hear the gasp, you could hear the comments, you could hear the guy tapping on his phone. You, you could hear <laughs> everything, right? So uh, I'm not gonna lie, my way to hack speaking in front of big crowds was to speak in tons of tons of small crowds. I must have spoken like at least a hundred 100 to 200 times. Uh, that's in front a of good smoke. tip. Yep, speak in front of go for free. Go speak to your old high school. Uh, plug in, plug yourself as a high school speaker, and do a lot of them. Go speak in jails, which is my next. Uh, my my, I want to speak in jail in 2019. That's I want to awesome. go. Yep, that's one of my objectives. 2019. Uh, I I definitely want to speak in jails, and by 2020, I want to do the TEDx conference with Grant. I I think I think I'll, I'll be ready for that. Um, but more than that, also. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, a natural migration for entrepreneurship is politics. So eventually, I could see myself getting into politics in some way, shape, or form. It's not an objective of mine. It's never been a goal of mine. But I'm seeing all these entrepreneurs uh, jumping into politics. And it has to do with leading your team and being able to speak in front of people and speak in front of teams. And then eventually, the the people that are able to speak are able to connect. You know, speaking is is one of the most important, uh, our voice is super important. It's important to have a voice, and I think my voice has gone. I've gone more and more confident at speaking. I don't prepare, contrary to what people think. I don't write my speeches. I literally well,
0: um, like what we're doing right now. It's it's, it's off the improvise. top of your head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: And practicing podcasts, collaborating on podcasts helps you tremendously on working on your narrative because I think you need a narrative when you you want to get into that public speaking. Uh, space. You have to have a narrative.
0: And the cool thing is, you're doing what you love, which, yeah, I love which again, it. again is is uh, is sustainable. Like, yeah. like a lot of people ask, like, yeah. how do you how do you prepare for this? How do you prepare for that? Well, if somebody is gonna ask me about what I do, which is photography, videography, and all that stuff, like, I'm gonna am I'm gonna know my shit. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you ask me about basketball, I probably don't know that much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you that's an excellent point. Yeah, you're living your truth. You're living what you love, and you could. Speaking of which we're planning a creative conference strictly for creators. Yes. I would love to have you do a workshop or panel. I know I've told you about it before, but, uh, 2019, we have to make it happen. Okay. So, uh, All right. whoever's listening, the audience, stay, stay. If you're from Montreal, Quebec, or even the States, drive down. Uh, we're going to get Martin to, to go on stage and, and and do some form of either workshop or, or talk. I would love to have you, uh, speak your truth. I'd love it. to be there. Awesome. Deal. We're doing
0: <laughs> Deal. This. Um, what advice do you give to an introvert that is and i feel like we've talked about this a little bit but you know that feels like they want to become an entrepreneur but they don't really like socializing it's 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 still a bit about the reps right like just going out you know
1: what in in that 15 second story that you're gonna do you're gonna do me a favor and you're gonna tag my dear friend elizabeth rio Okay. Elizabeth said something super important. Shout out to Waka. Shout out to Bamboo Underwear. I got I ordered mine by the way, Elizabeth. Shout out to you. She says she is good at creating content, right? Elizabeth, Rieu said that? And it's so true. She's good at creating content because she's such an introvert mm-hmm. that when she's in front of her camera and there's nobody around, she can produce amazing content, right? Okay. So shout out to you, Elizabeth. But Martin, I feel like that the best advice I could give to your audience would be that if you're an introvert at least be excellent at creating content by yourself.
0: Okay. So feel yeah.
1: comfortable talking to the camera because there's no audience. And then slowly but surely, go from speaking to that camera to speaking at a Saint Cassette networking event, an happy hour networking event. Go to speaking in schools, which we did again, once again, with Elizabeth. We took her to a school. One of the most successful um, and accomplishing Feeling I've had was that collaboration with Elizabeth. And she said yes in no time. Mm-hmm. We went to Marie Victorin.
0: Okay. Yeah. It was
1: packed, uh, and people got so much value from just hearing her speak because we went to speak to fashion students. Okay. And she started a brand in clothing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But if you talk to Elizabeth and know her a little bit, she's one of the most introverted person you'll ever meet in your life. But she's such a success entrepreneurially and she is such a success in front of the camera, I think that if you are an introvert, start with being amazing in front of the camera. Because yeah. if you can't even talk by yourself yeah. in a room and film yourself talking to a camera, then we might have a deeper problem <laughs> than just being sure. an introverted, right? Yeah. But if you could do this at least and launch that content, then next thing you know, you have an audience. And that little audience might force you to get out your shell and at least engage from a distance on social media. So people are gonna ask you questions Mm -hmm. to answer. They're gonna comment, you have to go back and forth. And that little digital comfort that you're gonna get, you might become like Elizabeth is a digital extrovert, but she's a real life introvert. And I think that sometimes to do the transition from one to the other, get good at being an extrovert on digital space, and then slowly work your way by participating in talks, in panels, not yeah. talk by yourself because you're gonna freaking turn red and pass out. <laughs> but do a panel where people are asking you moderated question. I think that's how you you, you get out your comfort zone. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Growing up in a, I wouldn't say like a shitty environment, but like- I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great
1: family, shitty, shitty, uh, shitty economic. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: how do you how do you get out from that? Like, do you have an advice for people that? feel like they wanna do more, but they feel like they're anchored in their relationships or?
1: I'm I'm gonna tell you what I said to uh, high school, I've been saying to high school kids for the past 10 years. I've known a lot of drug dealers in my life, a lot of them, okay? None of them lived in the areas where I grew up.
0: Not Mm -hmm. the
1: successful ones. Mm -hmm. I only met successful drug dealers when I made enough money to get out of the ghetto. Meaning, when I got to the fancy neighborhoods, the old Montreal, the Griffin Town, the downtown Montreal, the Bois Franc of this world. Trust me, there's crooks in these neighborhoods. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something there are crooks in these neighborhoods, but you know what? They're the most quote unquote intelligent crooks out there. So if you're slinging crack on the corner, pills, ecstasy, pimping women, pimping boys, um, uh, uh, doing anything illegal, Ask yourself this question. How much sustainability is there in this lifestyle? And and if you are honest with yourself, really check yourself. I'm not talking about your capo above you, your general, Mm -hmm. your your boy that makes a bit more money than you because he lives in the same neighborhood as you. I'm talking about the guy you never see. The guy that you see once in a while. park is $250,000 car, but yet you never see, you never speak to him. What choice has he made in his life that enables him to not talk to you, not exchange with you, not hit a woman, not Mm -hmm. give drugs at two o'clock in the morning to a crackhead, not have an AK-47 in his hands? Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: if your definition of power is having a weapon in your hand, being feared, then you need to change your paradigm because that guy in his fancy car that doesn't have to do what you do anymore because now he owns a restaurant and he's a legitimate businessman, quote unquote, he decided that he'd rather be respected than feared. Yeah. And both will give you power. I've seen it. Having a gun put to your face, which I've had, uh, you will feel like, you will feel You're powerless. powerless, yeah. yeah. If you have a gun pointed right between your eye, you will feel a brief second of powerlessness where you feel like somebody could decide whether you live or die. Whereas the other person with the gun might feel some power. But I'll tell you what beats the gun. Literally, influence. Hmm. Being an influential individual. I don't like the term influencer. Being an impactor, being an influencer, a real one, a person of influence, that is the most powerful thing you could have. That person that no longer deals drugs and has that fancy car, he has influence. He's able to make sure that other people work for him and do his dirty work. Now, let's trace it back to choices because it's all about that. When you realize that whatever you're doing right now, which is working hard, being disciplined, cooking up dope, right? Being consistently bad at Mm -hmm. doing wrong things. If you apply and shift this to sports, you will be an amazing athlete. If you shift this to creative, you will be an amazing creator. Yeah. If you shift this to rap, which a lot of our, our, our people do, black and brown, you will be an amazing rapper. If you shift that discipline you have in being the best gang banger that you could be towards being the best entrepreneur, you will be an amazing entrepreneur. Point blank period. You might not be popular within your boys. You might not be feared, but I'll tell you what you'll be respected. You'll be respected. It goes back to respect. And respect brings a tremendous amount of power. It's a different kind of power than fear, but it is still a very, very big uh, power. Do
0: you have any ask or um, parting thoughts for my audience before we wrap up the interview?
1: Guys, I'm gonna be very selfish. I'm gonna ask you uh, if you follow and value me as a person or what I said during uh, this podcast uh, take the time to follow my voice matter influence orbis at myvoicematters.ca at influence orbis. And if you do have time, no, 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 no need to. But check me out, Thierry Lindor, on all platforms. I own my truth. I live my truth. And for my audience that's listening to this, follow this guy, because at 25, what he's doing, uh, he's gonna be in the billionaire boys club. I guarantee you that. And billionaire i'm not just talking about money i'm talking about massively influential this is somebody that's going to have influence so for my audience follow martin uh on on his pages and 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 for your audience well uh join the journey we're gonna have fun it's gonna get fun yeah
0: he does amazing motivation (laughs) mondays like every time and and that's what i like is consistency like you do give every every monday you have that video and it talks about like subjects that everyone is dealing with. Yep. Everybody.
1: Like, and in the 2019, we got a couple of stuff working out, a couple of cool conference. Uh, but stay tuned. We're going to still do the motivation Monday, but we're going to tweak it with what's been really working is those tips Tuesdays and those Wednesday wisdom. Okay. Yeah. Yep, we're going to turn these into like concrete live. So we're probably going to do one week motivation Monday, one week one week tip Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be in a format of a pretty high quality live on Facebook, which is gonna be redistributed into a podcast. That's awesome. So we're gonna, every week we're gonna create a different form of content to keep the audience on their, on their edge, so 2019 should be cool, and we're gonna have you definitely on one of the Tip Tuesday uh, uh, live session.
0: Can't wait for that. Um- before I ask the final question, I want to take a moment to acknowledge you, Tier Lindor. You, not only have you built like a successful business like you did, but you've built a movement which Thank has influenced you. Orbis and that's how I got to meet you yep. and that's how I got to be inspired by what you do awesome. and being a part of that movement, uh, impacting not only the business owners that are here today, but the future, which is the youth. Yeah, the youth, 100%. So thank you for that, man. Thank Um, you, brother. My last question. Yeah. What is your definition of success?
1: My definition of success, I always say this, you will be legacy. That's, in one word, it's legacy. And I believe that I'm going to be remembered for my deeds and my seed. So my kids are going to outlast me. And what I did as as a man is going to, it's going to vibrate through time and it's going to be timeless because of my kids and the actions that I did. So my definition of success would be a, a legacy worth sharing. Yeah,
0: That's awesome. Thanks, brother. Thank you, bro, man. Cheers and Appreciate
1: this. Awesome podcast. Hey.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this show. If you do enjoy the content, do subscribe. Uh, share it with friends, family and uh, more interviews to come. So have an amazing day and uh, have a great 2019. Happy New Year.